0: If you have your Bibles for a few moments this morning, I want to direct you to the book of Mark, the eighth chapter, and uh, I, I, um, I am torn because I have two complete <laughs> different messages, and I don't want to preach both of them to you because you'd leave as confused as I am. But I don't want you to leave confused today. But I do want to direct your attention to the eighth chapter of Mark and going to begin reading with verse number ten. And I'm going to read down uh, through verse number twenty. And the Bible said, In straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the part of Damannutha. And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him. A sign from heaven tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall be no sign, or there shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them and entering into a ship again departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, or the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod, I'm sorry. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, why reason ye because you have no bread? Perceive you not, neither understand. Have you your heart yet hardened? Having eyes see not, and having ears hear you not? And do you not understand, or do you not remember When I break the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? They say unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it that you do not understand? Amen. I hope God will give us understanding this morning. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We live in an extremely fast-paced world, an environment that will not allow us to slow down hardly at all. And if we do slow down, we get run over or somebody honks at us. Amen. And I think perhaps because of the, the way that we live, there are many things that we fail to recognize and we fail to pick up on. Because we are moving so quickly and we are moving at such a rapid pace in life, I think most often we notice things that are urgent whatever's making the most noise, whatever's creating the most uh, to get our attention is what we give our attention to. The immediate interrupts our day constantly. The uh, abrupt nature of life and how quickly we move in, in our life. And because of that, we are people who are ...hung up and caught up in urgent things, things that are right now, immediate, recognition of those things... ...and we give our attention to them while we forget the obvious, the things that are essential and the things that are necessary. In the hurry and in the movement that took place in the scripture setting that we read from... They were not in one place very long. And they were moving on to the next location. And Jesus uh, taking these disciples with him. They they didn't have a lot of time to go grocery shopping. And little did they realize that when they, they got off of one boat. They would not be off of it long until they would be getting on another boat. Headed to another location. And in the hurry. Of all of that they forgot bread and they make their way into the boat the second time and Jesus has his disciples together and as they are being moved across the Sea of Galilee he takes advantage of that opportunity to talk to them about something urgent, something pressing, something spiritually necessary. And the Bible said that he talked to them about the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And he said it like this, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. The literal interpretation of that verse says that he kept giving orders to them to keep on guard against the influence of the Pharisees and Herod and they misunderstood that they they thought that what he was referring to the reason that he mentioned leaven was because they had failed to bring bread with them and yet he was dealing in something much deeper than their bread or their need for hunger in uh, they they missed the obvious because of the urgent he was trying to talked to them about some pertinent issues. He had just dealt with the Pharisees and these so-called religious experts that many people would criticize and condemn because of their Pharisaical attitude. The fact was that most parts of their life were in harmony with the Word of God. The irony of the Pharisee was that their teaching, for the most part, was correct. They taught in the resurrection of the dead. They taught in judgment. They taught in all of the things that Jesus represented. But there was one thing that they left out. They did not practice what they preached. They put heavy burdens on people. And they took the law and they added to the law. And they, by, by the time uh, the New Testament had rolled around the Ten Commandments and the law that God had given to them had, be, had evolved into 640 something different commandments that were extensions of extensions of extensions of extensions of the original commandments. And the core of their teaching was not wrong, but the practice was. And Jesus, seems to me, was trying to say to his disciples that this is a critical thing. That it has more to do with your life and your salvation than anything. But there's got to be more to you than just something that you profess. There has to be something that you live, that equates to what you preach and you teach. And if there was ever an hour that we needed people of faith that didn't just talk it, but they walked it, we need that now. We need men and women who understand the Word of God and will live by the Word of God, but they will not. <clears throat> let their lives reflect that necessarily that's that's the that's the great need of our hour or for people who will live what the word says amen certainly he was speaking to them of their perverting of the law but i believe he was reaching something even deeper than that i believe he was talking about the influence of wrong things Little things that can slip into a person's life that can undermine their spiritual walk with God. And their teachings were correct for the whole, but their practice was not. Their living was wrong. They had a double standard. They taught one thing, but they lived another. And Jesus was trying to bring them to an understanding that This is more than just about profession. This is about living. Amen. Everybody say living. He wants me to live what I preach. He wants me to live what I teach. He wants me to live what I talk. He wants me to live what the word says. He wants me to flesh out in a daily manner every principle that is mentioned in this word that my life would reflect that in everything that I do and what really stirs me is that we live in a world right now that is so-called Christian or at least a nation that is but there's not very much about the life of our nation that reflects Christianity amen And so his message to the disciples was that you have to be careful of the gradual because it's the gradual that will get you. It's that slow pervading influence of wrong things in your life, wrong thinking and wrong attitudes and a a, a wrong uh, outlook on life. All of those things can have a long-term effect on you and so he uses the term leaven and they understood what leaven was it was a a substance a yeast that was placed into uh the uh, the, the 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 meal and the and the flour and it would produce fermentation and it would cause the dough to rise and what his point was that leaven has a dramatic and radical effect on whatever it touches and it doesn't take a lot of it to have a great influence just a little bit of leaven he said leavens the whole lump and so it changes the whole appearance of of things and the whole loaf is affected by just a small amount of leaven and It has an appearance of being more than it really is. If I understand right, uh, bread that is rising is really full of a lot of hot air. Am I right? And he said, you know what? I don't need people that are full of hot air running around calling themselves my disciples. I need some real down-to-earth, Bible-believing, Scripture-living people that represent who. The Pharisees were telling the world that they represent me, but they don't represent me. This is what I want to represent me. Not just what you say with your mouth, but what you do with your life. I can't tell you how many times people find out I'm a preacher a little bit too late. (laughs) I was playing golf one day and a gentleman asked if he could join our group and we had an opening and so we agreed and he hit a shot and it didn't go where he thought it was supposed to go and man, he let out with a blankety-blank this and that and and then... We went on to the next hole, and, and uh, again, same thing. Ball didn't go where he said it was supposed to go, and another string. And then somehow the conversation kind of turned personal, and he, well, what do you do for a living? And I looked him square in the eye and said, I'm a preacher. <laughs> and I am not lying one ounce when I say, as quickly as I said, oh, praise the Lord, I'm a Christian too. That's the culture that we live in right now. And if there was ever a day that the Lord needed people who stood up and represented Him, it's the day in which we live right now. We don't need people that play church. We need people that live and thrive on every word. You say, well, I don't like every word. It doesn't matter whether you like every word. If you live every word, you'll learn to like every word because every word is for my good and every word is for my benefit and every word is for my betterment and if I will live that word <clears throat> I will learn to love that word and so leaven was something that was small and yet very influential <clears throat> it was it, it was almost <clears throat> insignificant in its beginning but when it had its effect it it changed the whole atmosphere. And only a little bit of it was necessary to affect the whole atmosphere. What's ironic about that is that in the first century, Josephus, who was a Jewish historian, said that there were approximately 5 to 6 million Jews and dispersed Jews in the country or the, the area. And in, out of that 5 to 6 million, there were only 6,000 Pharisees. But the influence of those 6,000 was felt almost throughout the entire 5 million. That's the power of a negative influence. And we've been living in a world that has had a lot of that. And we, if, as a child of God, if there was ever a day that we needed to be what we say we are, we need to be that now. Not your version of Christianity or my version of Christianity. But what does thus saith the word? What does this word declare that I should live and be and do and talk and, and, and become? That's what I should do. Here is the lesson that Jesus is trying to get through to his disciples. Is that there is the influence of small things that can have great effects upon your life. Just a little bit of bitterness, just a little bit of jealousy, just a little bit of hatred, just a little bit of anger can produce great and devastating results in the long run. It may not seem like much at the beginning, but it will in time have influence over the whole. And the Lord said you need to be careful of the little things in life. That can slip in and undermine your faith and make you question whether the word is okay or whether it's right or whether it's true or is it infallible or, 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 or is it this jumbled mess that so many in the world would like to make you think that the word is And the truth is that there has been a subtle, gradual undermining of our faith for a long time, just inch by inch, day by day, the wearing away, the erosion of the fabric of our spiritual existence by people who would pick at it here and pick at it there. And Jesus said, you've got to be careful of those gradual things because they have great results in the end. Beware the gradual. Never underestimate the effect of small things in your life. Amen. Never underestimate the effect of small things in your life. Because they have a way of moving into other areas. The subtle, slow working. I I, I got to thinking about this. I'm not a I'm not a cook but I have been in the kitchen a few times usually to eat what's been cooked but I have I have tried my hand at some of this working the dough and it's a mystery to me that <clears throat> you could put these substances together and and when you roll it up it's just this small little ball and then you cover it up and you put it in a cool place And you let it sit for a while. And then when you come back. It has enlarged itself. You can't. If you were to sit there and watch it. You would not be able to tell. How incrementally it grows. Second by second. Moment by moment. But that's the process that he was talking about. It's it's not something that you're going to jump up one day. And say oh we got to stop this. We We can't do this anymore. It's something that's going to just gradually creep in slowly subtly working its powerful influence into your life until your faith is not what it once was and it's happened to some in this building right here your faith is not what it once was because events in life have happened that have made you question the mercy and the grace of God or made you wonder whether God even knows where you're at And because of those things that have happened in your life, there has been an undermining of your faith. And you haven't even recognized it until now. There's very little faith at all. There's very little inspiration to worship. There's very little inspiration to really lift your heart to God and give Him the opportunity to help you. It's because of the gradual, subtle working of a powerful influence. In a fast-paced environment, we notice things that are urgent and we miss the obvious. I don't know if you are aware of it. I, I I learned this early on. I think most of you may be, but they tell me that a frog, if you were to take a frog and you placed it, uh, or you, you you brought water to a boil and you put that frog over the water and that that water is boiling, that before his if you dropped him before his his web feet would hardly hit that water he would have bounded out because of a natural response to the heat that he does not want to be near but you can take that same frog and you can put him in a nice pot of cold water and you can put that pot on the stove and you can just barely turn that stove or that fire on and just let it slowly, slowly, slowly build up build up heat, and you can boil that frog alive. And he'll never move because of the gradual influence of things. And Jesus was trying to talk to them about some very serious things. His disciples, they were they were they they were being Influenced in many ways by things that were happening around them. And the Pharisees, they were the religious leaders. And I don't know, I, I think it would probably be something similar to, uh, you know, a, an uneducated preacher. Uh, having to stand side by side by a, 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 a college educated and theologically graduate a graduated uh uh, student you know it would be kind of intimidating when you look across it these are the men that have influenced our spiritual nature and our spiritual destiny as a nation and now God's calling us to be the ones to influence our country and influence our nation and he's calling us a fisherman and a tax collector and a and and who else Uh, all of these guys are standing looking out across there and they're wondering how in the world we we don't measure up and the Lord said oh you've got this wrong your influence isn't like that your influence is coming from me not from what you can do and so Jesus speaks to them about the subtle things that can slip in that can undermine your faith little things that can come in and cause you to question and cause you to doubt or worry or wonder w- whether God meant what he said and I think what he was trying to say to these disciples is beware the slow influences that can corrupt your faith in me I know you look at those Pharisees and you 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 think about them in one term but I'm telling you what they are they are they are they they are hypocrites they are actors that's the word he used they 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 pretend to be something that they're not and what I want you to understand is I need some real people that serve I need some real people that represent me I need some people that are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ that will stand up and declare who they are and what they are. And you can't let culture or people or anything else undermine your faith in God. When I got to thinking about that, I wondered, what are the, what are the creeping influences that weaken our faith, that stagger our faith? What are things that happen, that happen so subtly that we don't even realize they're happening, but time has a way of working its work on us? And I thought, well, one thing that must evidently be uh, an undermining influence of my faith is the slowness of God's work in my life. That sometimes God's clock runs so slow, that I wonder if it's ever going to come to pass. That God gave me a promise, and he gave me an assurance, and he gave me a word, but man, that's been so long ago. It's been so far removed. Will it ever come to pass? I don't know how long that Anna... And Zechariah had been helping out in the temple. They had been there a long time. Zechariah was was a part of the priesthood that would come every so many days, and he would give his service. But the Bible said he had waited for the consolation of Israel. He had waited for the Messiah to come. I don't know how far back that promise had been given to him. I don't know when that revelation came. But somewhere in the distant past, there was something that came to him that said, you're not going to die until you behold the Messiah. And so every time he would come to the temple to do his service and render his service to the Lord he would look around and wonder is this going to be the day is this going to be the month is this to, is it going to happen and week and month and year and year and weeks and months and years passed and nothing changed and there was nothing to confirm what he had been told until one day amen aren't you thankful that Zechariah didn't let go of his faith, even in the midst of God's slowness of working things out. You know, we get so impatient with God, we want Him to do it right now, and we want it yesterday. And we want it fully loaded. And the reality is that sometimes God has a purpose in delaying whatever he's going to do in my life. And he has a time that is going to fit me better than what I in my own mind can understand. And so God slowly works things out in my life. And my impatience causes me sometimes to let go of my faith when the reality is I need to hold on to it. Amen. Amen. Lift your hands to him right now and praise him with me. Would you do that? Oh, God, help me to hold on to that faith. Even in the slowness of your hand to work your will out in my life, let, let me hold on to my faith. Amen. I thought of another thing that must undermine the faith of people in stagger their faith at times is the means that he uses to accomplish his purpose and I thought of Joseph God gave him a dream a dream that was more than he could even comprehend his brothers were going to bow and worship him everything around him would be bowing and worshiping him but the way that God took him to that fulfillment is a story to read he took him to the dungeon he took him to a prison he isolated him in a foreign country for years years he was there as a prisoner accused falsely by Potiphar's wife put back in prison and mistreated because of nothing that he had done in himself and and yet God had promised him a dream. But all of that was part of God's plan. I don't know what Joseph learned in the prison. I've don't. i I've tried to imagine, but I, I know there were things that he learned. Because when he came out and he was on the throne and his brothers came to him, the Bible says when he spoke to his brothers, this is what he said, You meant this for evil. But God meant it he designed it that word meant means he wrapped it he bent it he shaped it for me he knew that for me to get to where I am right now I was going to have to take that path and no other path could get me to where he wanted me to go and so instead of letting go of his faith He held on to his faith. And when you can't understand God's working, you can trust him that he is going to work it out. Somewhere down the road, he's going to bring it to fruition. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. You meant it for evil, but God meant it. Amen. I love that word. I I got to doing a word study only a while back and I discovered that it it really means a whole lot more than we read in Scripture. But God crafted that. He orchestrated that. It's hard to understand God orchestrating my pain. It's hard to understand that God's orchestrating my suffering He's orchestrating my, dis- my uncomfortable place. He's orchestrating all of the darkness and all of the, 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 the pain that I'm having. He's orchestrating all of that to get me to where he promised me he would take me. Amen. Amen. And so there's a subtle thing that happens when, when God begins to work like this. A lot of people give up their faith and they walk away. Because they don't understand God's way of bringing about His purpose in their life. And that's what I think the Lord was trying to get through to His disciples. You cannot let subtle things. You cannot let gradual things take away your faith. You've got to hold on to what I have called you to be, what you have been called to represent. Don't ever deviate from it. Don't ever change from it. You are not here as an actor. You are here as a real, live, living person to flesh out my truth. I don't need any more actors on the stage. I need some real people to live this life i need some people who will hang on to their faith even in troubling times even when it doesn't look good hang on to your faith amen. the mystery of god's work is one that will perplex the most educated mind because god doesn't reveal the details he just gives the purpose amen he doesn't tell you all of the details He just gives you the outcome, and you have to live through some things to get to that. But hang on to your faith, because your faith is going to count for something in the end. Amen. Don't let anything gradually unravel. I think I mentioned this a few months ago. It comes to my mind right now, but I can remember as a child grabbing a thread in a garment and pulling it. And it was fun at first. But the more I pulled, the more I realized the damage that I was doing to that garment. And so it is in life. There's a gradual effect that life has on all of us. And the Lord said, you've got to be careful of the gradual. Amen. Don't let this world lull you to sleep. Don't let this world lull you into thinking that your life doesn't count. You're just one among millions. Listen, if 6,000 Pharisees could influence 5 million Jews, then a handful of born-again, Bible-believing, Bible-living, Scripture-loving people can change their culture and change their world if they'll be real. Amen. Just live the life That God has laid before us. Amen. Let's stand together. The influence of the wrong thing. Can produce a dreadful result. Amen. But living the life for him. Of true faith. Not letting anything deter you. Not letting anything take away from you. Is what he's really calling all of us to do. Amen. To practice what we preach. Amen, to practice what we preach, to live every day. We need everyday influences in our world right now. we got too many weekend warriors. People that show up to church on a weekend, but the rest of the day and the rest of the month, rest of the week, they live to themselves. God's looking for somebody that will live for Him every day. Amen. Because our world needs that kind of influence. And the leaven of the Pharisees is something that is so gradual and it's something that's so subtle that you don't even realize it's taken place until it's too late, until its influence has been felt. The Lord, there's a reverse side to that. Just as much as that can happen in the negative, it can happen in the positive. Just as much as that handful of Pharisees could corrupt My word to my people. Your life can show them what that word really means. And in a world, I hope I can make myself clear right now, in a world that is totally confused right now about anything called faith, there's got to be somebody that will step up and stand up And be the light that our world needs right now.